0: They're back on the Football Outside the Box podcast where we discuss the past, the present, and the future. Still top of the league for another week. We're going to keep running that, you know what I'm saying? But we're not going to start with the table-topping gunners this weekend. We're going to start with another London Derby, actually. Chelsea taking on West Ham in the early fixture on Saturday. Chelsea having been disappointed in their last London derby against Fulham. They face another stern test here. I don't know if I'd compare it to Fulham this season, but West Ham is always going to be dangerous. They have dangerous players. Declan Rice in the midfield, a very sought-out player in the midfield. Was linked to Chelsea for a good amount of time, actually. But not anymore. Thanks to their new signing. Enzo Fernandez coming in. I thought he had a pretty good debut. You think we can expect to see more from him?
1: He'll certainly start. He's going to have to start every game and play 120 minutes every game to to be worth that price. So he's he's going to start and have to have A 9.8 out of 10 performances every single week. But he's still young. He's coming in from the Portuguese league. Half a year ago, he was still playing in the Argentinian league. Along with Julian Alvarez. So, gotta give him time. But, I mean, he's already better than... has had a bigger impact than any of the midfielders that Chelsea have. Kante's been out injured this whole season pretty much. I mean, that was... I don't think we would have signed him anyway, but we were linked with him in the summer. I mean, what a bullet dodged right there. Kovacic, a different style of player, but, I mean, he's he's not this or that. He's just kind of... just He's not anything special, right? Conor Gallagher as well. He's He's been... He's shown he's still very raw. So... Enzo Fernandez, at a young age, he's going to have to carry this team in the midfield. On the other hand, West Ham, if you go back to the beginning of the season, I don't know if you remember this, but very controversially, Cornet's goal got chalked off because of a foul on Mendy, where I would argue was a blatant dive. Well, I mean, I guess you can't say a dive. It's a keeper. It was a blatant act to to get the goal chalked off.
0: And, Over-exaggeration, really. Yep, he sold
1: yep. it. Yep, he sold it very well on the keeper. Or the referee has simply just bought it. West Ham should have got more of the other game. And they've struggled since then. They'll probably struggle this game, too. I mean, they've signed Danny Ings. He got hurt. He's back. But Skamaka, their big money signing, is out. They just... I mean, there's a reason why they're sitting in in that position right now. Bottom, near bottom of the league. Because they just can't score. And we've seen players like Paqueta, who was brought in not to score goals, but he's the one who's having to chip in goals at the weekend against Newcastle. It's going to be tough for West Ham to get anything from this game. I, I, this game, to me, feels like a meeting of two stoppable forces. And might we might be seeing a very dull game in terms of the scoreline.
0: You know, well, that's the thing, right? Is both teams haven't necessarily been at their peak best. But I always see West Ham and, you know, teams that even generally aren't performing to their normal standards and they come now to the big boys. It's not that surprising to see them get a result. As we even saw with, with Everton last week, I know that was a new manager bounce and all, but it's really not that is not that surprising, right? Maybe collectively they're not doing the best, but West Ham have quality. They have players in there. You mentioned Paqueta. I know, He's maybe taking a bit of time to adapt, but you know that there's quality in that player. We saw the same with Four Niles when he first arrived at West Ham. I felt he was struggling when he first got there, and now it's kind of a one of their one of their significant players, very important player. So, I mean, obviously for my sake, not really for the for the standings perspective, but mostly for the banter, I want to see Chelsea get thrashed and i want to see apparently i heard something about if they don't make top 4 this season apparently they're under some serious threat of ffp punishment
1: well i mean does anybody know how ffp works uh, cuz I, I don't i mean i know i know the new manager coming in has completely reset their debt and and all that stuff over the past 5 years but, I mean, even if they qualify for the Champions League, I mean, that's, that's a big if. How are they able to spend this much anyway? I mean, there's there's no way they're bringing in 600 million pounds in revenue per year. And we know, I mean, there's ways to get around FFP. So it's just like, why is it even there in the first place? Well, anyway.
0: Right, and that's the thing with, with the... the... The finance, the finance experts out there, you know, maybe you could provide some insight in the comments for us. But as far as I've seen, art- articles I've read and different videos I've watched, it it's seeming as though Todd Bowley knows how to kind of manipulate that system as far as the technical accounts go per year. So all of these players he signed have been signed on long term contracts. We're talking six seven eight year deals so that's pretty much unheard of in football nowadays and that the wages the transfers fee is going to be broken down over the course of that six seven eight years and then when you're registering it you know from an accounts perspective that particular year doesn't take up That much transfer budget. At the end of the day, let's say Enzo Fernandez, he signed. What was it? Was it a seven-year deal? Correct me if I'm wrong. You know, divide a hundred million by that seven years, and that's how much is going per year into the accounts. So that's their strategic way to get around it. But as you say, at the end of the day, then what's the purpose? I mean, or what? What's the punishment?
1: I mean, it it all comes down to technicalities, right? It's just. Can you find those loopholes and and clubs of this size are, are gonna be able to hire the best lawyers in the world to to find those loopholes. And it's it's I mean, I would do the same too. If if I see everyone else doing it, there's no punishments. I mean we we looked at City, get away with it, because uh it it was too long ago or something like that. There was apparently evidence, but it's it, it had been too long to to press any charges against them. So it's a rule for the sake of display it seems like there's no real effect real uh any sort of discipline that it's handing out to the to the teams so i don't know it it's it, it's been pointless for a while and it, it's nothing new if it was actually point if it actually had a point then we would not be seeing we wouldn't have seen city you know Simple as.
0: Well, we see what's happening with them now, so let's not even talk too soon on that. But, you know, Chelsea, City, two teams that historically feel that they can just pretty much throw cash at their problems. A team that has proven that this is not always a solution. Leicester City. They travel to Spuds. Oh, sorry, they host Spuds, I should say. And... Harry Kane is going to be going back to his old club. <laughs> where, you think he's going to have an impact? For him,
1: where it all started, all those 267 goals. No, sorry, that's for Tottenham, right? But um yeah, I mean Leicester I I saw them in the in the summer transfer window how they were very reluctant to spend the money. They only I mean they made great profit from selling Fofana. And they only brought in Vout fuss right? But, but they
0: also decided to keep T-Lemons.
1: Yep. Um. But fun fact, Vout Fass is the leading goal scorer for Liverpool in 2023. So there's one for the Liverpool fans. But yeah, I mean, this summer or sorry, this winter, they've gone out and signed, uh, Harry Sutar from Stoke City, the the six foot six center half, who unfortunately scored an own goal, but. I think he played well at the World Cup, if you guys remember him. Um, They've signed Tete on loan, the Brazilian winger who chipped in with a goal at Aston Villa. They've decided it's time to spend the cash. And those two have had an instant impact. I mean, Tete a bit more positive impact um, on on his first game, but Sotar's own goal didn't end up not mattering at all because they won the game anyway. But yeah, Leicester... Yeah, I don't know. They've struggled really badly in the beginning, and they've sort of recovered. And they look to be on the ups right now. They started off poorly after the World Cup too. But this result against Villa, I don't think anybody saw coming against the resurgent Villa side under Una Emery. But they're hosting Tottenham. Tottenham have been silently... Getting results, I would. I'm not. I wouldn't say they've been good. They've not been good, but they've been getting results. You know, they. We saw them beat City. We saw them beat Fulham. We saw them almost beat City away. And, it they're just a team that won't, won't die, if if that makes sense. So. I I don't think I'm gonna watch this game, for the sake of the quality of the game that I'm probably gonna want to watch. If I had to choose, I would probably go and watch Arsenal uh, host Brentford. But I think judging based off of what Tottenham have been able to do, I think Tottenham can win at Leicester here and keep their momentum. And remember, last year, I think it was around this time, Steven Vergoin, he scored twice in in the stoppage time, if you remember.
0: That was the game, and yeah, Fought Leicester for that one, by the way. I don't know how you don't hold a lead for just, what was it, a minute? Literally a minute? <laughs> like, bro, they got to improve. That, that's got to be their revenge. You know what I mean? Like, they got to keep that in their mind to remember, yo, you guys literally lost three points last season within a minute. So, they got to fix that out.
1: Well. That's what you're hoping as a as an Arsenal supporter.
0: Yeah, that's only... from my
1: perspective, but no, I mean I'm I'm hoping so as well because Tottenham are right right behind our our ass. So yeah, I I just I just don't have much faith in Leicester still. I mean Villa win was their their first win since the since the World Cup in the Premier League.
0: Well, I mean from my Tottenham side, they're not looking too great either. I mean Kane. Okay, saving them, but other than that, are we looking at a bit of reliance? But I mean, but that, that's what I mean. Tottenham are,
1: are shit. I can say they're, sh- they're They're poor. They're not a good side, but they're getting results, and they seem to perform better without Antonio Conte. Um, I, f- I forget. I don't know the. I forget the name of the the. St- Deputy assistant manager that was on the bench, but he's five for five when Conte's out. Um, <laughs> so,
0: so are we a, having a hashtag Conte out for the sports fans?
1: I mean, there's there there must be something about the guy that um that brings something out of players. But yeah, I just I I'm not sitting here saying Tottenham are good and that they're going to dispatch Leicester. It's more the fact that Tottenham can get results even when they're playing poorly, whereas Leicester don't seem to be able to do that.
0: Right. That makes sense. But moving on to some actual quality football now. Arsenal hosting Brentford. In a match that we were quite dominant when we went to visit them. So now I'm looking for some similar dominance in this one. You think we can do it? I know it's off the back of a very rare loss for Arsenal this season. So, you think that's going to play in the minds? Or do you think that Arteta's grabbed the team together, brushed that off, and move on to the next match?
1: Well, I mean, let, let's hear your thoughts. I mean, this is what we mentioned, right? Coming off of a loss, how will they respond? You guys you guys thrashed Brentford. in in the reverse fixture probably the only side this season to to dispatch them in that fashion so far well what are you thinking do you think you'll see a response from the players
0: i think we'll have to i don't think there's any other option and i think the way that Arteta has gone about his business this season i think this is the first time and you know it's this is One of the many things I'm saying, this is the first time I'm feeling this way about XYZ because this is a whole new Arsenal side and I feel like this particular instance is something that we've experienced in the past and we have not been able to deal with and overcome. It's always been a mental, psychological battle for us that we just keep spiraling down after one loss. And it happens. We'll get on a good run, one loss, Bang, bang, bang. It just keeps dropping down. Even Unai Emery, when he first came in, he had a great winning streak when he started. And then one drop-off, the whole thing comes tumbling down. So obviously, it's a scary moment for Arsenal fans. There's a lot of PTSD (laughs) regarding these types of things. But I think I can speak on behalf of at least most Arsenal fans and say, I'm confident with what Arteta is doing this season. We look at different side, And I'm still going to risk by my statement that Thomas Partey is just simply the most important player in this side. I think Jorginho will be great for a game or two, but anyhow, we lose Partey for a string of games. That's, that's where we're going to probably be in trouble. But hopefully that doesn't happen at all.
1: Well, the way you're talking about it, it's it's bound to happen. I don't I don't wish injury on anybody, but I mean, you keep bringing it up. I think you you have to look at that team and say, there's, I mean, I guess you could say this for a lot a lot of teams too, but I think in in Arsenal's case, there's very few players that you would call irreplaceable, and we thought Jesus was one of them, but it turned out. And Ketty is doing an all right job, in that position as a deputy striker. Doing starter. an excellent
0: job, sorry.
1: Excellent for his for his standards,
0: yes. Oh no no no, bro! He's offering a different factor in his game than Jesus is, and he's proven it with the number of goals he's been scoring. You can't argue with the numbers, bro. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it surprised
1: me. That's why I said compared to his standards. I mean, there were very low expectations for him when Jay just went down, but he's surprised a lot of people. I'm I'm sure including a lot of the Arsenal fans. Me, me included. Yeah, and I'm I mean I'm just looking at the side, and maybe they're not irreplaceable, but to me it seems like really the, the two irreplaceables are are Partey and and Saka. That that is that's that's for me the two irreplaceables. Odegaard, I think, I still think that he can be ghosted out of games if, I mean, I'm not saying that's easy, of course, but I still think he can be game planned out if teams do decide to properly do so. And I guess you could say the same about Saka as well. I mean, mean, we see a lot of teams do that. A lot of teams go, as you say, physical on him.
0: Or double team or triple team.
1: Right, but then if you, if you go that route, then you're you're missing Odegaard in the middle, or you're missing Benoit going outside of him, and all that stuff. So th- that's why I think those two are the only irreplaceables on your team. And it's 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 been lucky sailings for you so far. I mean, Partey was not injury prone at Atlético, but he suddenly became injury prone at Arsenal, but he's looked to fix that this season, and I think, for your sake, you will certainly be hoping that he can continue that. But yeah, I think I think this game um, Arsenal show a different level to Brentford. Brentford, you have to mention, they've been on a great run too. They've only lost in the last 14 games once.
0: Yeah, I mean, I still think, I mean, Brentford, they have quality players. I'm not going to say they have all their players are quality, but they have players of quality within their side. I mean, Ivan Tony, we already know that. And as we know, Brentford, they did the business against us last season as everybody remembers, but that's not far down, the, down memory lane for everybody I think, at least for Arsenal fans, but it's always a threat. And historically, Arsenal have always been beaten by a physical battle, by a set-piece battle. We it against Everton again last weekend, even when everybody was saying it's a different arsenal, we look stronger, we don't get bullied anymore. Hence, last reverse fixture against Brentford, we typically got bullied and now we didn't get bullied. But that narrative can change in a day, literally in a day. And Arteta stresses that. If you watch the Amazon documentary, All or Nothing, guys should check it out, by the way, if you haven't watched it. He talks about that. He talks about how the, the literally your entire identity as a club or like form or what the media is saying about you, what the news is saying about you, that can shift in one day. It literally matters nothing about what they say today or nothing about what they say yesterday. They're going to just change that tomorrow, literally. I'm telling you right now. If Arsenal don't win this match against Brentford, the entire news reports, the entire betting odds, everything is just going to be talking about Arsenal slipping, Arsenal slipping, Arsenal slipping. But if Arsenal win, the whole news reports are going to be Arsenal show resilience, Arsenal bounce back from a loss strong, Arsenal get back to winning ways, serious title contenders, back at it, X, Y, Z. Must win. And I know, I'm confident that Arteta is going to instill this message into the players. But now it's about the players' ability to perform it and express it out on the field.
1: Well, Arsenal aren't the only ones who are susceptible to that. Every team is. And you have to show it on the field. And I I, I think they will. Anyway, so I don't think you need to worry about it too much.
0: Yeah, so let's not worry. Let's just go for the win. Jumping on to your side now, we're having a rematch of the midweek match. You guys, it looks like we're not the only ones experiencing a new manager bounce. You guys kind of had a half experience with it. You came out with a point. So, fortunate for you guys, but it did not start well. Midweek, it, it was what? 59 seconds.
1: 58, yeah. I mean, 50... yeah, I mean, this is the the third time we've experienced uh, the the so-called new manager bounce this season in the Premier League alone. And it's Leeds you know, they're defensively very porous. So I was confident going into the game on Wednesday. But boy, was I wrong. Yonto, I mean, I think he's the shortest player in the Premier League. Possibly the worst start you could probably have. And I mean I, w- I mean, I would say we were unlucky to not, not win the game. I mean, you are putting a young winger in his preferred position, which is on the left, to accommodate I mean to accommodate the young winner you're, you're putting your best player so far this season out of his best position I mean we've done that so many times it, it doesn't work and yeah it's it was it was frustrating to see that because I know he's young but I mean uh, those chances you, you kind of have to finish but going away from the game well I mean I guess there's one more point I would touch on the game. I think it showed that we miss Casemiro and yeah I, I've said it that I'm not too worried about Casemiro missing I underestimated Leeds Leeds put on a, a very heavy pressure they didn't just sit back they were very intense I mean that's what they do right They they press you high up they're very intense but also leave you a lot of gaps in behind and they're just not good enough defensively so it was I think it's a good wake-up call that we had in the midweek, and I'm 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 hopeful that this served as a good reminder to the players that Leeds aren't a, a walkover as their league position suggests. they they can put in a good performance, um, and I, I just hope we don't start poorly again. This game because we started both halves very poorly, conceding after fifty-eight seconds and conceding two minutes into the second half too.
0: Go on to touch a little bit on Leeds. So they, as we you know, as we mentioned, they just recently sat Jesse March. Do you feel like this was the right move? It's kind of stirred up a bit of debate in the football world.
1: No, I mean Jesse March. I wouldn't say I, I think of him as a good manager but if you looked at Leeds they they weren't playing bad I should say they were I mean he made a stupid mistake bringing on rodrigo their top scorer of the season against in the FA Cup when it was the game was out of hands already and rodrigo got injured so there's questionable man management substitutions and all that I get it but the transfer window has just ended. You've just broken your transfer record to sign Jorginho Rutter, another striker from the Bundesliga. I just, I mean, this is what they did last winter too, right? With Bielsa. They sacked him, uh, I think, a month after the transfer window, and they brought in Jesse Marsh. You're equipping those guys to failure. And at least last season, when they sacked Bielsa, they already had Jesse Marsh on the wings waiting to come in. And this season when they sacked by Jesse Marsh, I don't think they have that ready. They're still interviewing the managers. They're still figuring out who who should come in place of Jesse Marsh. And, I mean, you got to give the manager some time to work their magic, if you want to say it that way. You You can't give the manager all the support during the window and sack him... Seven days later, I mean, we saw that with with Chelsea too, right? They spent three hundred million. They sacked Tuchel, and look where they are right now. I just, if you're gonna sack a manager, go ahead and do it before you have all this, all this nonsense coming up after a transfer window. I just, I'm never gonna agree with that.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, you give him the tools to succeed, and then you don't give him a chance to use the tools. It's kind of weird. Kind of a weird one for me, honestly. Um, But hey, they probably have their methods. Let's see if it works out. And a side that is in major threat at the moment, we did not think we'd be saying this about them, but Manchester City, they host Aston Villa. And this is not necessarily a direct on-the-field threat, but, I mean, it could be. We could be seeing points deduction. We could be seeing relegation. What are you thinking? I mean, is that going to play on the minds of the players, the manager?
1: I mean, does anybody actually believe that they might get relegated? There's no chance they get relegated. No chance.
0: So what do you think is going to happen?
1: To be honest, I don't even know if they're going to get points deducted. And if they do, what benefit does that do? They're going to come back. They're going to come right back the next season. And they're just going to be back at the top. It's just the deed's been done. There's nothing we can... It sucks. There's nothing we can do about it. Everybody in the world knows they broke the rules. They... Or whatever rules... in in air quotes that they have, that they broke. I mean, what can you do at this stage? The first thing that should be done is, I mean, I don't even know if this is the right way anyway. And I'm saying this because now we're being linked with a Qatar takeover. The first thing to do is stop these guys from coming into football and the Premier League. Because the, the moment these guys come in, I mean, they're not coming into they're not coming in for the betterment of of man city or, or or united or liverpool they're coming in for the betterment of their their themselves and i just i'm not going to say i have the the highest morals i'm not going to say i'm i'm the i'm the best human being in the world but we know what these guys are here for we know what these guys want to do and the same could be said for the saudis and newcastle the deed's been done there's nothing we can do about it but we can prevent these situations going forward and i I, and there's 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 a reason why that's there's um talks of independent regulator in in the uk football and that's been delayed in this this past week i don't know is it in anticipation of the bits coming in for the clubs Uh, who knows but we need something to 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 prevent the premier league from I mean, it might, at the in, in 30, 30 years' time, it might just be Premier Middle East League. You know, it's just an, an America League. Like, that's, that's the direction it's heading towards.
0: Yeah. For real. And it, it, it kind of sucks. Feels almost like the culture and the passion is being taken out of it. But... We can't we can't necessarily judge, right? We don't know. We don't know what the future holds. So let's see. Maybe maybe it is because they have love and passion for it, I guess at the end of the day.
1: I mean no, I mean I will say this for the city owners. I know they've done a lot of work in, in in the community within within the Manchester. But I mean, you you come in I'm I'm just saying it from a perspective of a United fan. If if a Qatari group comes in and they inject 400 million pounds of cash into the club. I mean, what what good is that? What good does that do? It's just, it it all seems pointless to me. I, I mean, of course, I would welcome new owners coming in, hearing about the club, you know, injecting some cash into the club, actually investing in the club. But in that fashion, in that manner, I don't know if I can necessarily get on board i mean what can i do i'm just i'm just one of the one of the fish in the sea right but it just i know it doesn't sit right with a lot of people and it doesn't necessarily sit right with me either but what can we do right so
0: yeah that's madness for you. but yo to top things off We've got a Merseyside Derby. Unfortunately, though, for the viewers, it's on Monday. It's Monday night football. But hey, Liverpool fans, you're not really playing for much, so... (laughs) This match seeming a lot more important for Everton than it does for Liverpool, which is actually something that we haven't really experienced in a Merseyside Derby that often in recent years. However not good for Everton fans because this importance is not towards the top of the table. It is in the relegation battle. So what they just, I mean, Sean Dyche. Sean friggin Dyche. I mean, that type of football is exactly what you would want when you're battling in that relegation battle. You just want that directness. You want the roughness just to say, yo, I'm going to just get out of this this zone right here, this relegation zone, no matter what it takes. And Sean Dyche is pretty much the master at the physical, the organized, the set pieces. I think that's what we have to look out for in this one. We saw, Remember, we were talking about how Brentford scored three set pieces against Liverpool in the first half. Two of them was ruled off, mm-hmm. and now you're going up literally against the set piece master himself. Could we be looking at a serious upset here?
1: I mean, what are you what are you calling an upset here? A Liverpool win an upset? Or, I mean, <laughs> no, 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 no. You know what I upset? mean, bro. No, are we I looking know.
0: At like a three nil Everton type of thing.
1: I mean, I think that's certainly possible. I uh, just Liverpool are down as they could be. There's no... I, mean, I guess they, they could go even lower if they actually do get relegated, but that's never going to happen. But Liverpool are realistically as down as a, a club like Liverpool can be. Whereas Everton, they're down in the standings, but they're about as high as they can be in terms of the morale, their their situation, their their trajectory. I mean two clubs, we, I mean, I don't think anybody would have seen this come in when the schedule first came out to be on Monday Night Football a few months ago. But I think, I know if you look at the bookies and the odds, Liverpool are, of course, still going to be the favorites. But to me, I think Everton are favorites here. And if they don't get a result here, I would be very surprised. And that's certainly possible because they're, they're going to Anfield, right? Everton I haven't won there in in a decade, I believe, and Anfield is still a very formidable ground. But what better opportunity to break that streak for for Everton if not for now? You know, Van Dijk is out; their defense is in shambles. Their their front three seem to be. They seem to have met each other for the first time on on the on the pitch that day, and the midfield is about thirty years older than you, you would expect them to be. So it's um it's a perfect opportunity for Everton. And Everton need to go for it. I, I know they're gonna try to sit back and rely on the counters and set pieces. And they need to make those count because it's there to be taken. Not just the goals, but this Liverpool side is there for the to be taken.
0: Yeah. And it won't be Everton's first time causing an upset against the big six this season.
1: Not an upset. I'm telling you, it's not an upset. ah, You know what I
0: mean? You know what I mean, bro? A bottom table team. Relegation battle beating a top six team, bro. Like... I
1: mean, hear me. Liverpool are closer to Everton than they are to Arsenal. So...
0: Oh, yeah. But that's still an upset, though. Nonetheless. Yes.
1: By definition, an upset... But with with the way that the both teams are headed towards, I the, the perspective really should be that Everton are in a in a prime chance to get a win here.
0: Yeah, well here what for the viewers who like to gamble, <laughs> this is an opportunity, right? No, if you guys like to make your bets on ridiculous kind of odds, ridiculous kind of spreads, this is the match to do it. This is the match to go up against the odds and take a risk on Everton. That is our recommendation. Now, we don't guarantee anything as we are not fortune tellers, all right? But if we are to say that a match we can, we can, we would put the bets on, this would be the match to put it on. Everton to win with a comfortable margin as well.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I've just looked at the odds for this game. Of course, Liverpool are still the favorites at negative 200. But Everton are only at plus 500. I think in prior years, you would probably be looking at plus thousands and over. Plus 500 is not the big money you're looking for. We know. I mean, you bet a dollar, you get $5 back. So maybe not the best value. But this is maybe maybe geared towards Everton fans. This is your chance to to get behind your team. I know they're they're very discontent with the with the board members. I know there's there was a sign that flew over the the stadium, right? The worst run club in the world, which I think there are certain clubs in the running for that. But if Everton do win this game, I mean their season just turns around 180 degrees.
0: Yep. Back-to-back big wins for them. I mean, everybody's going to be singing Sean Dyche, Sean Dyche, X, Y, freaking Z. (laughs) So let's see if Sean Dyche can get his name to be run around Goodison Park for the rest of this season. But that's about pretty much what we have time for today. Thank you very much, guys, for tuning in. Really appreciate your support. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, Apple Music, Spotify. Hit the subscribe button. Make sure to download the episode and share it with a friend, one of your friends that like football, put it in our football group chat. And don't forget to turn on those notifications so you guys don't miss any episodes and you stay up to date.
1: And as well, the link to our Facebook page is in the description and the bio. So go get clicking, join our discussion, like our page, and share our page.
0: Let's get some good football discussion going, and let's get the chat on. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you for tuning in as always, and peace out.